time for Coffee with the Chicken Ladies, a podcast for people who love chickens. Hey, everybody, and welcome. It's Chrissy and Holly from Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. We're here, and this is episode number 40, can you believe it, of our podcast, where we talk about everything chicken, family, fun, and more chickens. More chickens. We drink a ton of coffee. I'm talking a ton, but most importantly, we hug chickens every day and kiss up too. Don't forget. We brew coffee from a little coffee house here in Bel Air, Maryland. Coffee, coffee. Holly Ann, what kind of coffee are we brewing today? This is the breakfast blend. It's very good. It is. With some flavor creamer for me. <laughs> it's really good. It's great. So if you're a fan of delicious coffee, scrumptious scones, and fabulous lunchtime specials, and you're local, head on over to Coffee Coffee. You will not be disappointed. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm fine. <laughs> Clearly, you're happy because you're singing. It's my anniversary today. Happy anniversary. Yay! Happy anniversary. Thank you. Happy anniversary. That's right. Happy anniversary. So, yes, I have been married to my loving husband, Joe, for 24 years. Yeah, I was in that wedding. You were my maid of honor. Standing right there with you, holding those really heavy flowers. And the veil. Yeah. The long, long veil. Oh, that's right. You had the cathedral veil. I did. That's right. I did. So, yes, we're at 24 years. It's been awesome. You going to celebrate? We're going to celebrate. We're going to just try to take the day and do something fun with the kids. You know, just... Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Like, go to dinner or uh -huh. do whatever. So, yeah, we'll do something fun together as a family. It'll be good. That sounds great. Or we can just leave the kids at home and tell them to fend for themselves. There's that, too. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, how have you been doing? How are your gardens and all your yard things coming along? Great. I am doing another application of wood chips in all of my runs. Oh, yeah. Because we had eight trees taken down. That was a lot of trees. It was a lot of trees. And they did the chipping, shredding part of it, and they left all of it for us. Yeah. So, it's a bit of a mountain, but it's in the sheep field, so it's out of the way. Yeah. And I take a few wheelbarrow loads every now and again to help build up the substrate in the yards in preparation for fall rains and winter weather. So my neighbors had their trees taken right. down and we took all of their wood chips. Thank you to them because it was, uh, yeah, it was a godsend. Yeah. Joe ended up using a pitchfork for the wood chips. Yeah, you can. And he said it made a world of difference. Uh -huh. Like they went so much easier into the wheelbarrow. No, I would use a pitchfork too. That's what he's using. Yeah. So he was like, man, that was a game changer. It's like picking out a stall filled with straw and hay. Yeah. I've got pitchforks everywhere, including my three-pronged pitchfork that you admire so much. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. yeah, so we're doing that. I'm still making lists and ordering things to plant in the spring. It's so much fun. I love it. It is. We've been spending a lot of the cooler nights out by the fire pit, just kind of doing fires, having a few drinks out there. Sounds good. Nice and calm for the end of the summer before mm -hmm. the craziness of the fall starts. Yeah. And it's going to be crazy. That's right. Because this is... and everything else. I love fall. I love fall, too. I just... The busyness of school and everything gets me. I'm like... Yeah. Once the girls are older, you'll probably go back to loving it as much as I do. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Before we move on, let's just take a second to ask a big favor of everybody. If you're listening to our show and loving it, and you would like to help us out, you can head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Those reviews go such a long way to helping us out, and we absolutely love reading them. Oh, we, we do. love them. It's really great. Thank you. Yes. If you'd like to support the podcast in other ways, we also have an Etsy shop where we sell merchandise. 
logo mugs and two different t-shirts that right. we sell shipping is free on our t-shirts we also have a patreon page you can go over and read about our different levels of membership and become a patron of the show the other thing you can do is buy product from our sponsor yes we have some exciting news to share from our sponsor grubly farms from now until the end of august you can receive 25 percent off if you are a first-time buyer we have a special discount code for our listeners cwtcl25 for 25% off your first purchase, you can follow the link in our show notes. If you haven't heard, Grubly Farms has a brand new Grubly Layer Crumbles food. It's made with grubs and plants, perfect for those picky chickens and ducks. Plus, they're the perfect size for bantams, and all products ship free. It's a great time to try Grubly Farms if you haven't yet. Use the code CWTCL25. Try it today. Okay, so it's about the time that we're going to our breathe. Spotlight. Yeah. Yeah. I wish you all could see her face right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Holly Ann, why don't you tell everybody what's chicken we're breeding? We're doing a really cool breed this week. We're doing the Smart Hona. Yes. The name literally translates to black hen. Right. The roosters are black, too. They come from Sweden. And they're extremely rare. They are an extremely rare. They really are. They're entirely black inside and out, which is referred to as fibromelanastic. The only exception is sometimes they will have some red showing through the black on their face and their wattles and their comb. Okay. And this is actually referred to as mulberry coloring. Okay. Because the black over the red makes it look a little purple. Yeah. It's normal. Some of the chickens in this breed will develop that. They How- share a quality along with the silky and other chickens where they have black skin. What they don't have is... Black eggs. That's right. They do not lay black eggs. I've been under the understanding before that some chickens did, but they do not. You do see it. I've even seen photos of... I've seen photos of it yes, online. of smart honas next to a nest full of black eggs. They do not lay black eggs. They lay cream-colored eggs. Right. The yolk of the egg is also yellow. Everything in the egg is normal chicken-looking egg and yolk. Right. It's just that the bird itself, because of the fibromelanastic gene, right. is completely black inside and out. Right. That skin, bones, connective tissue, everything. Right. They do have a straight comb. Believe it or not, they're also a land race breed. Okay. Which is kind of a surprise, but... Come about on their own. Well, yeah. So the Smart Hona has been classified as a land race breed since 1991. The Swedish Association for Land Race Breeds has preserved the Smart Hona in a gene bank. Right. So they do have some genetic protection. If you like the black-looking chicken, there are other chickens that aren't as rare right. that you can get. But this chicken itself is very rare. It's extremely so rare, yeah. it's very, very hard to find. They are. They're a smaller bodied chicken, just I, so that everybody knows. I think they're really cute. I mean, I know a lot of people are crazy about the beautiful Ayam Samani, also right. an all black chicken, but I really like the Spartan Hona's compact little look. Yeah. And they're reasonably cold hardy. So that's good. Uh huh. Yeah. So if you are in the States in an area that has both warm and cold, this mm-hmm. could be a good chicken yeah, for you if you can find this chicken. Exactly. If you can find it. They are reported to do well in heat too. Right. Because they're small. Exactly. A small body. Interestingly enough, they fly very well. It makes sense. Yep. Small body. The hens are decent layers of small white or cream colored eggs. Not black. Not black, right? (laughs) There's no chicken that lays a black egg. I know that the Cayuga duck lays a black egg. I wonder if those are the ones they use to put with these pictures. It's possible. And even the Cayuga, as the season goes on, the egg gets lighter and lighter. Yeah. It's like a smoky gray. Yeah. So. The hens will lay about three eggs per week. So they're average. They're average, yeah. The hens do go broody. 
So if you're looking to have a little flock of smart honas, your head will sit for you. Right. Now, these little roosters are known as being quite the lovers. Yeah, they are. Apparently, you need to have at least 10 hens to keep a smart hona rooster happy. He's drinking a lot of juice. He's, <laughs> he's doing something. There really are a lot of things I like about this chicken. I mean, the black is beautiful. It is. They're small size. They're decent layers. They're sedate chickens. They, I think, do well in a mixed flock. They're right. good foragers. All of those things that you like in a good sort of homestead breed. And the scientists have traced these genes back 800 years. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, too. Yeah. The genes have been around for a long time, even though we're saying 1991. Well, 1991 is when the Land Race Breeds Association in Sweden preserved that. Right. Named them a land race breed. But clearly, they they were on their own before right. that. And since this gene was traced so far back into China... That chicken or a chicken carrying those genes must have arrived in Sweden via traveler, something like that. And it was just kind of out and a wild chicken on its own, basically. Maybe, or someone brought a flock home and let them roam with the country hens right. and breed and do what lamb race breeds do. So back to that gene. The black pigmentation that's found in skin and connective tissue in chickens, it's caused by a variant of the EDN3 gene. Right. And like you said, a lot of other chickens have it. The, the silky, silky is one of them. The I'm Samani, the Vietnamese black mong chicken, another beautiful chicken. Right. And of course, the Svarthona. And that's what gives them that black color of their skin. So if you have a silky, no matter what color those feathers are, they have black skin. Yes, they do. Because Absolutely. of this gene. I love silkies with those turquoise earlobes. Oh, yeah. It's They're so really pretty. cute. Yeah. This chicken is a good addition if you want a nice, solid, all-black chicken. I'm kind of enamored with the smaller size. Yeah. Sort of like the Egyptian Fayumis. They're very light-bodied. They're not bantam size. Yeah, it's like leghorns, even. Mm -hmm. Lucy, my leghorn, does well in the cold and, you know, she does. the heat. Her comb is the only thing you have to worry about. Exactly. And it's the same thing with them. They can have bigger combs and waddles yeah. also. So if you want to get yourself a flock of Svarthonas... <laughs> Where are you going to look? Oh, where are you going to look? You can order straight run chicks from Greenfire you Farms. You can. And my pet chicken has hatching eggs. They're out of them now. Right. But they definitely had them in the past. They're still listed on the website. So I would say if you're interested in getting a smaller number from my pet chicken, keep checking in. Be ready to have a boy, though, with this breed. If you're going to hatch, absolutely. Because it well, looks like it's all straight run or hatching. Way. You're going you're to right. potentially get a boy. So. This is not a breed to get if you're not prepared to potentially and have a boy. You're right. And it bears some thinking about because apparently they're lover boys. Yeah. So you need so to make sure you have enough hens to keep them busy. You need busy. to have. They're small and mighty. Yeah. A lot of hens <laughs> and some planning involved in that. That's yeah, you're sure. right. It's interesting that Svarthona, the literal translation to black hen, the Swedish flower is the same way that always throws people off. They're like, okay, the breed is called black hen, but what about the roosters? Roosters right. are black too. But the Swedish flower, the actual name of that breed is the Swedish flower hen. Oh, uh, okay. So you don't have a Swedish flower rooster. You actually have a Swedish flower hen rooster. Okay. To be correct. I shorten it because I don't want to type all that. But yeah, yeah. That's, that's a lot to say. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought it was interesting that the feminine is what it's attached to the breed name. Anyway, so there you go. The Svarthona, another really cool chicken. It is really cool. That's for sure. Hey, Chris. Yeah. Do you like subscription boxes? Does that have anything to do with chickens? Of course. Then yes. Let me just take a minute to tell everybody about the Chicken Love Box. If you love goodies for your chickens and you, you need to go to chickenlove.com. I love the Mega Box. There are tons of useful products for my flock and a chicken tea for me. 
You cannot go wrong with these chicken teas. They are so cute and so soft. In the August box, I absolutely love the copper chicken earrings and the bloodstop powder. They're very shiny. I love the coin purse. It's quilted and it's going to be a great tote for my lip gloss. Boxes start at $39 a month. They ship immediately after your order and shipping is always free. It's such a great deal. Don't wait. Get off the nest and click already. That's chickenlove.com. That's chickenluv.com. Get your subscription today. Okay, so we're about to move on to our main subject this week. And our main subject is a really interesting one. We thought we would dive into the chicken brain itself. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's pretty fascinating to know. And we've talked to Jeannie Keys, the trainer of chickens, on our show before. If you haven't listened, it's episode nine. Go back and re-listen to Jeannie. She talks about the chicken brain being like a computer chip. Right. So it has many compartments in this tiny little chip that can make them do many different things. (laughs) Right. The brain is tiny. It's about the size of a walnut. I've seen it compared to like a couple of peanut sizes. I've also seen it compared to the eyeballs. Like the brain is the size of the eyeballs. Yeah. I thought the walnut was a prettier picture, honestly. (laughs) So the brain's about the size of a walnut. It it is an extremely precise brain. And it sits towards the back of the chicken's head. Which is good. So they're not like bumping it. Right. Further back in the cranium. It's a little bit more protected back there. Mm -hmm. Probably is some good engineering, actually. It's a good plan. So the chicken brain is a lot like the human brain. Mm -hmm. It's divided into two hemispheres. Right. And they work independently, which performing different tasks, which is fascinating to me. So there was a neuroscientist named Leslie Rogers, and she pioneered this area of research on chicken brains. Which is really cool. Yeah. So unlike the human brain, chickens can use the two sides of their brains to carry out tasks at exactly the same time. Exactly. So what they say is basically if they see food, if they feel it with their right foot first, because they're going to scratch, uh-huh. then the right eye is going to see the food and it's going to work the left side of the brain okay. to determine whether or not they should eat it. Gotcha. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's really interesting. So if she's using her right brain to look for food, her left brain is scanning for predators. The left-hand side of the brain is telling her whether or not she should eat it, and the right-hand side works according with the left eye. Uh-huh, which is scanning, scanning for predators. predators. Right. Where this is really interesting is that she can go from seeing an image with both eyes, which is what we do. Right. It's called binocular vision. Right. And she can switch yep. to monocular vision. Where one eye is looking at one thing, the other eye is looking at something else, and they're divided. They're not overlapping images. It's fascinating. And her different sides of the brains, like you said, are processing different things. Yeah. This is the thing. Small and mighty. I call Ella the sun soccer. She's small but (laughs) mighty. small and mighty. And the brain is small. That does not necessarily mean that it doesn't work well, that it's not high tech. We have enormous brains and most of it's gray matter that we don't even know how to use. Exactly. So So, mm -hmm. they have a small computer chip brain. Yeah. It does a lot of things for them. The fact that they can work their eyes differently, we can't do that. Right. And that ties into episode 34 where we talk about the chicken eye. Right. Go listen to that one if you haven't because it's fascinating. And each eye works with its own side of the brain, as we said. Right. Just to break it down a little more, the left brain is responsible for details like finding food. Yep. And the right brain is taking care of fear and escape responses. That's the one that's scanning the horizon for predators. The chicken brain, this was really interesting to me. Oh, you found this one, yeah. This is an article I stumbled across. 
The chicken brain may be one of the things that helps save prehistoric chicken dinosaurs right. and other avian dinosaurs from extinction. It's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. So this is according to a study that was published this year. They found that avian dinosaurs who survived the mass extinction right. had an enlarged brain, especially the front of the brain. Okay. And scientists have determined that chickens and virtually all modern birds share this brain shape, which gives credence to their theory that avians are just a continuation of dinosaurs. avian dinosaurs. Right. Exactly. And using fossils and DNA and other remains, they have determined that avian species that died out during the mass extinction of dinosaurs did not share that enlarged front of the brain. So that was kind of interesting to me. Another clue that, you know, your chicken is a little dinosaur, that's for sure. That's right. That's right. So the other thing that we talk about with the brain is these animals are able and equipped to be trained. Yes. And that takes brain power. It does. So when we talked to Jeannie, she was training the chicken to peck at a black dot on a plate. Right. She was training them to hear their name and come when called. Yes. And these types of things take intelligence. Oh, they do. They take the use of the brain. So every, it's pretty clear that they have a good use of their brain. Almost every study or experiment that's been done has concluded that chickens have advanced cognitive abilities. Oh, yeah. In fact, most of them say that chickens express behavioral complexity and that they don't feel that there really is a gap in reasoning ability between mammals and birds, especially chickens. Right. Here's the thing. I have an African gray parrot. Uh -huh. if everybody knows this. His name is Grayson. Right. And he's about 20 years old. So there was an African gray named Alex. They wrote a book about these Alex studies. Okay. And they did all these studies of the African gray parrot's brain. It showed the same exact thing, that this bird did not just mimic what you said to them. It was it highly cognitive. Yeah. Highly cognitive. Mm -hmm. And when asked questions, could answer correctly. Yeah. Interesting. So they're kind of all on the same lines. They I mean, are. This is what I hate about people calling someone that isn't intelligent a bird brain. That doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense it to really me. Doesn't. Well, people say that someone who isn't smart is also a sheep. Right. Let me tell you something. Sheep are pretty darn smart, especially yeah. the heritage breeds. Honestly, chickens get a bad rap. They are highly intelligent. They know who you are. Here's the other thing. They can identify 100 to 150 different faces and people. Not only that, it can be months since they've seen a person or another chicken or years since they've seen right. another chicken and they will still recognize them. I can't even recognize that many people. Yeah. And the fact that they have two different sides of their brains, uh -huh. they work differently. I've run into people all the time and they can recognize me and I'm like, hey. Hi. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good to see How you. How you doing? Yeah. So they can definitely use their brains. They can. One of the other experiments that I thought was really interesting that proved this was the work of a pair of veterinary scientists, Christine Nickel and Stuart Pope. Okay. They were trying to demonstrate that hens show sensitivity to their chicks' skill level. Yes. In other words. I've read that one also. One of the things that proves chicken cognition is the teaching and learning relationship between broody hens and chicks. So a hen is teaching her chicks to navigate the world. Mm -hmm. And this study, plenty of other studies as well, found that the hen will adjust her teaching to help chicks that just are not understanding something. Let's look at it this way. A baby comes out of a human. She nurses, right? Right. A chick is born. That chick is eating regular food. Right. Exactly. That day. Right. It doesn't have that level of helplessness. Mm -hmm. No. And the hen is showing the chick how to do it. Right. That was the interesting thing. They said that the hen will adjust her teaching to help a chick that isn't understanding 
They would use very dynamic vocalizations and body language. Yes. And pacing. Cha- pacing, right. All of these things that changed in relation to whether or not her chick was understanding what she was trying to teach them. She was getting frustrated, just like moms do. Uh-huh. I've told you this six times and you're not listening to me. Or they're just trying to change it up to get the chick's yeah. attention. Something. <laughs> something. So the experiment used food that was palatable and unpalatable. Yeah, that was one of their experiments, right? And when the chick started going to the unpalatable food, that's when the hands started going crazy. Yeah. Like, hey, that's not good for you. Right. Don't go over there. So it was a good test of... Yeah, that was a good example. There were some other ones, too. Yeah. Just watching Hen's reactions, her vocalizations, yeah. what she's doing to try to convince this chick, you don't want to do that. They used one that involved a puff of air. Yeah. Didn't hurt anyone, but it was very unpleasant. Yeah. And the hens taught the chicks that that was dangerous. Right. There were a few other experiments. I mean, like we talked about a few weeks ago with communication in chickens. Mm -hmm. That doesn't just happen. The brain has to be able to navigate that. Yes. And the series of calls, the series of different things, it all works together. Yes. And, you know, one of the most interesting facts is that the eyes work separately with the different sides of the brain. I love that. It's amazing. Talk about multitasking. I wish I could do that. Right, me too. I mean, I could be doing twice as many things as I'm already doing. Exactly. (laughs) We wanted to send a shout out to Jeannie Keys. Mm -hmm. She, again, was on episode number nine. We had a really fun, fantastic interview with her. If you don't believe that chickens are intelligent, talk to Jeannie and she will have you convinced in very little time. Her book is called How to Click with Your Chick. And it's on our Amazon storefront. Yes, it is. And you find it. This book is amazing. We both own it. We both love it. Yeah. And she took that dive in to training. She went from dogs to chickens. Mm-hmm. And in fact, in the interview, tells us the chicken is Potty. smarter than the dog. She did. She did say it was easier to train a chicken than a dog. She yes. also told us that she accidentally potty trained her hand, Sprinkles, Yeah, who will come out of her crate and go outside and do her business and come back in just like a dog. Yeah. yeah. So it was really fascinating. And the brain is fascinating in itself. It is. They know a lot of stuff. A lot yeah. more than we know. A lot more than we know. That's it's pretty sure. amazing. So there you have it. Chicken so, brain. Yeah, they're smart, man. They're smart. Okay, so it's about that time that we're now going to move on to... Cracking the eggs? Cracking those eggs. It's another Chrissy recipe. Man, week. I am getting it on with these <laughs> recipes now. Okay, so you guys are getting another easy way to use your eggs. It's delicious, too. In a fun way. Because when you get a lot of eggs, you get tired of scrambled eggs like all the time. Right. You want something different. Yeah. And we were sitting around brainstorming and we're like, how do we eat our eggs? And I was like, fried rice. Yes. I do actually make fried rice with bean sprouts. And you don't even think about it. What Mm -hmm. makes the rice really good is the egg and the rice. The egg, yeah. So we put a twist on it. We did taco fried rice. It makes ridiculously good taco filling. It's delicious. You can just eat it. You can use it as taco filling. And again, because you know I like being original and who we are, make it original. Right. You do you with this taco fried rice. Yes. So the first thing you're going to do <laughs> is cook four cups of white rice. Okay. Then your eggs. You're going to lightly scramble your eggs. You can either pre-cook your eggs in your hot pan and set them aside to yeah. add back in, or you can add them at the end. Yeah. We if, both kind of do it different ways. I actually add them at the end if I'm in a hurry and feeling lazy. If I'm trying to be precise, I do them first because it's easier to get them in the long strips yeah. that you get. You know, Anytime I've ever done it, rice. though, I've kind of parted the rice. Like the parting of the Red Sea. <laughs> ah. <laughs> and then cracked the egg in and then scrambled it right there and then mixed it in. That works. 
Yeah, either way. You can do it however you want. Yeah. So you need two eggs or more if you like more eggs in there. Yeah. Four cups of cooked rice. Ground meat or veggie crumbles if yep. you'd like that in there. Yep. I do the veggie crumbles. And I do ground turkey. Perfect. Chopped onion, red pepper, and corn. And we use all three of those and love them. Yes. And then your taco seasoning. Yeah. And you can get that many different ways. You can make it yourself. Yep. You can buy a pouch of this taco seasoning. Right. Or you can buy, I buy like a big thing of just seasoning that's taco seasoning. Yep. And then you kind of measure it in. I want to say I use an Aldi taco seasoning. I've used that too. It's really good. It's really good. And, you know, you can even throw other stuff that's Southwest in there. You can put avocado on top of this. I do put really avocado good. on top of it. It's delicious. I throw beans in there sometimes. Be- you don't have to, beans, but I like great. it. Pinto yeah. beans, yep. any kind of beans. If you want to do that too. And it's great. It is. Start with cooking your onions and peppers over low heat until they start to caramelize. A right. Bit. That gives you a lot of flavor. And then once they're ready, you can turn your heat up a little bit and you're going to add all the other ingredients. And just add it all in. And the taco seasoning. Stir it all together. If you have a big family, you can add more eggs, two to four eggs. You could. Rice. Absolutely. And you're eating your eggs. You're eating them with dinner. It's a nice protein source. You don't even need meat with this, really. You don't. You could also add greens to it. You could do a wilted spinach. Yeah. With a taco shell, without a taco shell. It's good in hard taco shells. It's good in soft taco shells. Yeah. You can wrap it up like a burrito, put it on top of a tostada. You can just eat it the way it is. Do it on top of nachos. You could. That would be really good. Or on top of a salad. On top of greens. Yeah. Just greens. Perfect. Yep. We're always looking for ways to use those eggs. This is one that you don't even sometimes think about. Right. Use them. Just do it. Do it. Do it. They're good. I'd like this with a big glass of rosé, please. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. Okay. So let's move on to retail therapy. Retail therapy. Yeah. So this week's retail therapy is one that's close to my heart. Right. This is a company. (laughs) (laughs) This is a company we got very familiar with. We may not have wanted to, but we got very familiar with. We are reviewing the Birdie Bra. Oh, by yeah. Crazy K Farm. And, and honestly, we hope you never have to use one. We hope you never have to go down this road. But the reality is things happen. Yes. And birds get different things. And you might have to use this. The birdie bra is a crop bra. Yes. For a chicken who has ongoing crop problems, crop bras can be extremely therapeutic. They can help all kinds of things. The first thing is they help support the crop if it's slow for any reason. Essentially, it helps support the muscles that direct food to the proventriculus and into the gizzard. And they are also really good at covering stitches or bald crops that are post-crop surgery, things like that. Yes. It looks goofy. And I remember saying to myself years ago, Self? Self? I'm never putting (laughs) a crop bra on my chicken. And I was wrong. We both have used used the birdie bra. So you can also make them from vet wrap, which I've done, and they work. But the birdie bra is really nice and stable. Yeah, which we'll talk about that in another another episode. Yes. That'll be down the line. Anyway, the Crazy K Farm is on Etsy. Yes. And you can also buy the birdie bra on their website. Yeah. And they also have some other products. They have chicken diapers. They have hen saddles with the great name of the hen saver. Right. And what I like about this birdie bra, which Gertie is currently been in for a few months now. Gertie is the supermodel for the birdie bra. Yeah, she is. Is this fabric is very comfortable and stretchy for yes. her. Mm-hmm. But durable. It is. And the straps are woven and they're long. Yes. You can tie them in a couple different configurations to see which way they fit your head better. Right. We tend to do behind the neck and under the wings. Yes. But they're woven, which means you can cut them short if you want to. What I would suggest is 
try to use them long at first because they'll fray a little bit. On the ends, yeah. On the ends Mm -hmm. as you use them. Right. So you're going to want to be able to have some to take off as it frays. Yep. I've had to do that multiple times because they're out in the dirt. It's going to wear out a little bit. Exactly. But it works really well. It's soft on them. It's a lot of support. It's a lot of support. The two layers of fabric that make the bra itself are nice and durable. You can machine wash it if it gets filthy. And believe us, they get get dirty. Oh, yeah. It will get filthy. But it's really durable and soft, like you said. So I think it's probably more comfortable for your chicken than most other crop bra possibilities. Yeah. Some of them, the straps are just going to cut into them a little bit more. These straps are not doing that. We did try a variety of other companies. And for us, it came down to either we were going to make it ourselves with vet wrap or we were going to use the birdie bra. Right. Yeah. This is, I've used it for months now. Yes. And it's still on her as we are recording right now. Right. So it's a great thing. Like we said, we hope you never need to use one of these. Exactly. But this is one of those times where you may need to use it and then think back to yourself, I heard this somewhere. Right. The birdie bra, and you can Google it and then get it as quickly as you need. Right. If you have to wait a little while, then there's other things that you can do before you get it. Yeah. Anyway, we highly recommend them. Yes, definitely. Okay, so should we tell everybody what we're going to be talking about next week? Next week, we're going to do another really, really cool rare breed, the Shetland chicken. Yes, not to be mistaken with the Shetland sheepdog. Or the Shetland sheep. <laughs> we're also going to talk about molting. All yay! Of our, yeah, yay. <laughs> we're going to get into the science of molting and tell you our tricks and tips for There's getting your hens through it. Yeah. yeah. Then we're going to do a recipe for coddled eggs. Yes. And... We're going to do our retail therapy on vintage egg cuddlers. Yeah, if you've never seen these or eaten cuddled eggs, it's a really, really nifty way to cook your eggs. So, Because we're always looking for those good ways. That's right, we are. Okay, so what should we tell everybody to do? Hug your chickens. Every day and kiss them too. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. If you'd like to see more of us, please follow us on Instagram at Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. If you'd like to help us grow the podcast, please leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, please visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash coffee with the chicken ladies. Thanks for listening.